Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Fonda, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hello, thank you. You bet. I have a question for you um, regarding a foundation uh, moisture problem that we have. And um, I'm just going to give you a quick run on it. Okay. Uh, we, uh, my daughter moved across the street from me. I've lived at the house, my house for 30 years. And so I know the history of this home a little bit. And I know that it had foundation problems uh, back in early 2000s that they had fixed. Mm-hmm. Well, when we uh, bought the house, we completely took up all the flooring and found out that there was a bad moisture problem. Like any time you set something down on the concrete, there would be a wet spot. Right. And I, I had zero idea that concrete would do that. Uh, we had a company come out to make sure that there was not a slab leak and they could not detect one. But um, the wood flooring that we put in we used dry lock on uh, on the foundation before we put the wood flooring down, but it was bamboo, and now the flooring has buckled, and yep. it, it, it moisture is coming up through there. So my question is, I, there's a neighbor next door that drains their washing machine out between the two houses, and you're in city limits. It, it is. And they, I think they got in trouble about it years ago when this house had foundation problems. So they put a French drain in so it's underneath the, the grass. But you can see it draining all yeah. the time. So okay. can, that, can that keep that, because the grass over there is like extremely green all the way up to the house. Hey, can the grass that, is always greener over the cesspool. <laughs> so can, can a foundation have its own issues without something like that? Or can yes. that something that can be feeding to it i guess with, my question. without question that that can be feeding to it uh you know uh, concrete is porous moisture travels through the concrete and what your yep. experience is in is not a an uncommon thing now typically it can be okay. dealt with with french drains and things like that but in in the situation you're in before i would be messing with doing a french drain why in the world isn't their washing machine going into the sewer system? I mean, you're on city services. Uh, you know, it's not like you're on a septic tank. Why, why are they putting it? Um, I, I'm not quite sure. I know that years ago I used to see it pour out this door that yeah. was right off the garage. I, I would see it all the time, and then I didn't see it anymore, but now they've hidden it, and I'm not quite sure. I don't know if they have some foundation problems that they don't want to fix. So therefore, yeah. it won't drain. I, that, well, that would be my guess. How, how old are homes so, are these? Uh, they were 1970. Okay, it very well could be that they got cast iron under them, and they the do. cast they iron, do. yep, cast iron is bad probably, and that wasn't draining right, and so this was their cheap fix rather than fixing the pipe like it needs to be. That's Honestly, my guess is if that got fixed, your drain, your moisture problem would drastically reduce i'm not going to say it's going to eliminate it but it would drastically reduce it if you wanted to get rid of it even more so you'd put in a french drain system around the house 
especially on the sides where the moisture is coming from because moisture travels through the soils and that captures the moisture before it goes underneath the house and can just drastically eliminate it i will tell you though that the product that you guys that the the flooring people used is designed yeah. to block water from going into the concrete to begin with. And a lot of the flooring guys are trying to use it to keep water that's coming through the concrete, and it's not designed to do that. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. And, and they do make some adhesives now for the wood floors that will actually act as a moisture barrier and keep the moisture from coming in. It's not going to stop it from getting into the concrete, but it does keep it from coming through the moisture barrier and getting into your wood floors. Uh, Floor and Decor carries some of those. Uh, you may want to check with them. But, okay. yeah, let's deal with the drainage issue. Uh, and, okay. quite frankly, the biggest way would be to, to get them to fix their sewers and do it right. I agree. All right. Okay, well, thank you so much. You bet. I Take care. It. Greg, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, thanks, Jim. How can I help you? Hey, we bought a four-year-old home up in Little Elm, and uh, it's got a very soft stone facade, almost like sandstone, that seems to be flaked off, and it looks like wasps or bugs are making their way into different holes. Uh, does this sound familiar, and that should I be sealing this exterior stone somehow? Well, you can seal it. And the ceiling will help with uh, moisture going into the stone, which does tend to speed up the deterioration part of it. Uh, Are you out on that road that goes out to the point out there in Little Elm? Uh, We're at 720 and 380, just north of that. Okay, Uh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of houses out there where they're using that that stone, and it's it's not very hard. It's... it's, uh, because I did some retaining walls out there, and they had to match the decor of the the area and stuff. And I wasn't super impressed with with that stone that that neighborhood picked. But um, as far as something that's going to keep the bugs from going into it, and that uh, the sealer's not going to not going to make the stone stronger. It's simply going to make it where it doesn't take on moisture, so it won't flake off as easy as it is right now. Uh, so, you know, whether that's going to stop those bugs or not, I doubt it. Yeah, how often uh, are we expected to put that sealer on? It's only a four-year-old house, and I'm constantly finding chips and pieces that have been falling off. Yeah. Well, I can guarantee you it wasn't put on yet. And uh, on my personal home, uh, I put a sealer. I just used a regular masonry sealer on it uh 20 years ago and i have not had to reapply huh does it change the color not at all clear coat it's a it's a clear okay we'll check it out it's just it's just like uh spraying water on it and so it just soaks in and and seals it up from moisture and uh, it's not going to eliminate the problem but it's darn sure going to help it a lot All right. Sounds good. Thanks. You bet. Take care. Again, 1-800-288-9227. Oh, by the way, uh, that's not a Thompson's water seal. You want to go to a regular commercial store, go to uh, HD Supply, uh, someplace like that, uh, Whitecap. 
HG Supply and Whitecap have merged together. And uh, tell them you need a masonry sealer. And they, they have some uh, the product there. They got some good ones. Lucy, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Oh, hello. Thank you. How can I help you? I was listening to the previous, not the last call, or the one before, and you were saying uh, that we need to soak the foundation with the hoses. Yes, ma'am. In my particular house, two sides of it are completely uh, covered with concrete. One is the back. All the way across the back, I have a patio. And on one side, there's a driveway the entire length of the house because the drive garages in the back right is there a solution to because I, I have had foundation repair but now i'm seeing cracks again okay yes you go around the, the patio and down the side of the driveway just as though that was part of the house foundation because the, the concrete will act as a natural moisture barrier uh, to hold the moisture in underneath it, and through capillary action, basically, the the dry soils will suck the moisture through from the wet soils to balance out the moisture in the soil itself. And so, over time, that'll take care of itself. Frank, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Uh, I called a guy out to to give me a quote on some siding uh, for a business building. It's a small. 1,400 square foot, 1950 vintage. <laughs> it's got currently old uh, wood tongue and groove on it, but it seems like every year there's different sections that decide to rot out on me. Yeah. So I'm getting tired of, tired of doing that. And I had a, the guy told me that uh, he couldn't quote me vinyl because, uh, or he couldn't quote me uh, hardy because the building wasn't strong enough for or Hardy, was that kind of a BS? Uh, uh, just try to get me to buy the vinyl, or what do you think? He was trying to sell you vinyl instead of Hardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's He's pure Hardy. pure BS then, because uh, if it ain't strong enough to handle Hardy, it sure as heck ain't going to do any good with vinyl on it. Because vinyl has zero structural strength. Not that Hardy has a bunch of structural strength either, but no, absolutely well, not. It, on on older stick frame like that, do I need to put some bracing? You know, um, a, a slash type of bracing in every four or five studs. Not normally, uh, no. So don't worry about that. You usually, you know, usually if you're putting up Hardy siding. Uh, they would put up like a piece of plywood behind the hardy or or uh, OSB board or something, you know, to to give the hardy a stronger backing on it, and that's going to right. that's going to make the structure nice and rigid. So no, you shouldn't have to worry about any of that. Well, I got somebody quote me something, but he speaks mostly Spanish, and I speak zero Spanish, <laughs> and I'm not sure. Sure, what he was quoting me on with with the backer thing, I didn't think about the backer board, but I was thinking, well, maybe if he cut in some some slash type angle boards every four, attach four or five studs together at an angle with a two by four cut in. Yeah, that brace the, that bracing would be good enough, and I wouldn't have to put any OSB board or anything behind it. You know, you'll spend so much on the labor to do that. It's cheaper to oh, go with with the. Uh, 
and and it, it with like the chipboard or or something like that rather than trying to cut all that stuff into it. Okay, is it called chipboard or what's it called? Yeah, what they use on the roofs nowadays, like the OSB board, is chip typically like a chip type board. Is that, is that uh, reasonably economical? Uh, it is. Uh, Dave, how are you today? Hey, you doing well, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I appreciate um, you calling. Yes. Well, you know, just listening to the past 30 minutes, I'm hungry for some gumbo. The guy was mentioning gumbo, and now I want to go watch all the Simon & Simon episodes after hearing your bump music every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one thing... Uh, you know, we we're talking about cooling. Um, I actually had my uh, evaporator coil replaced uh, about two weeks ago, uh-huh. and um, yep, it, it, it's working so well. I've got my AC guy, and um, you know, brands don't really matter. Uh, the new coils, the York brand, uh, you know, Johnson Controls, and uh, my AC system's a good carrier system, still 15 years and, and strong, yep. um, and it works. So I'm getting myself through the the summer. Um, the reason I called is kind of a, a two little questions. Um, my house is 15 years old, and I had a, uh, believe it or not, I had a water leak. I've got PEX plumbing. Uh, a sheetrock screw had gotten driven into the PEX pipe going to the commode, and I guess it took 15 years for the acidity in the water to corrode that, uh, that PEX, uh, or to corrode that screw. And right. thank God I was home when I heard it, uh, uh, you know, come out. But I re- I cut that little section out, and I put in a little shark bite uh, coupler. And yeah. um, do I need to be worried about that? Some people have said, oh, the shark bites are only a temporary solution. Um, no. Is that it? That, okay. that, that is not true. Okay. Uh, you know, people like to say that, but uh, quite frankly, shark bites work great. Uh, they are yeah. not temporary solutions. In, in fact, they make all the parts where you can plumb a house using shark bites. Uh, so okay. no, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it at all. Okay. Oh, that's good. That is really good. So now I don't, won't worry about turning off that, that thing in my little uh, water breaker panel, is what I call it. Uh, mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. The other question, uh, when that leaked, I've kind of been slowly, you know, getting the stuff, and I'm about to uh, replace that sheetrock in that bathroom with my guest bathroom. Um, is, is Do I need to go with that green board sheetrock uh, on the ceiling? That's the only thing. I dried that, dried that out with uh, fans and even a space heater because it happened back in April. No uh-huh. moisture in there at all. Um, for that ceiling... Should I go with that green sheetrock or because uh, it's a six by eight section where I've cut it out now uh, exactly, uh, or should I go with the regular uh, same uh, width of sheetrock and then do a good coat of you know primer and I'm going to texture it and 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 then you know that kind of thing. What would when you, you recommend? When you say a six by eight, a six foot by eight foot or six inch by eight inch. Oh, six foot by eight foot. Okay. The whole ceiling kind of crashed down. Sure. And I cut it to the to where it was naturally, uh, you know, cut. Yeah. Now the green rock is actually what's made to go in bathrooms on the walls and ceilings. Uh, builders okay. typically use it in the bathtub and shower, 
and use regular sheetrock in the in the rest of the bathroom that's really not the way it's supposed to be done but that's what they do so you know yeah. if you told me you were putting up a regular sheet I, I wouldn't you know i wouldn't get upset but i would tell you for a couple dollars yeah more, and i don't want i don't want jim Dutton to be upset <laughs> <laughs> well you're the only one who doesn't no i'm teasing you uh you yeah. know for a couple dollars more get the green rock and do it right Okay, because I'm I'm just planning on doing that that section that where it uh, where the ceiling fell down. Sure. Uh, the, and just kind of patching that not patching, but it was a perfect rectangle. Yeah. Uh, of, of where the natural where it was cut. So if I just so it's probably better to do the the green board and then I could just float it like regular sheetrock. Oh yeah, yeah. It tapes and floats it just like regular sheetrock does. And then, what kind of primer do you recommend? Um, I you know, personally like to use. I, the, is, uh, I I personally like to use Zinzer Primer Sealer. That's. Yep, that's what I've used. Uh, can I use the same stuff that I've used on the shelves in my master closet that were once oil based that I've gone over with latex? Yes. That's perfect. Hey, you saved me probably twenty dollars in uh, in uh, a gallon of primer. So perfect. Well, let me give you my address. You can send me a check. Hey, there you go. Well, hey, Jim, I appreciate it. And, you bet, uh, Dave. You, you take care. Michael, you doing all right today? Hello, Jim. Calling you it's... from Pasadena. I'm building a house out in Piney Point, and I got a question about spray foam insulation. Okay. My, my builder is uses a contractor that is telling me they want to use the uh, open cell, both in the roof and the walls, and I'm I'm uh, from what I'm reading. I'm wanting to go with the closed cell, and I was checking. Do you know anybody else that is using closed cell spray foam in their walls and ceiling? Yeah, there's. I mean, most places will give you the option of which one you want to use. Uh, so, truthfully, in in the walls, I don't worry about the open cell much. It's fine. In the ceilings, mm-hmm. uh, I actually prefer to use blown in insulation and instead of the foam because i don't like encapsulating the whole house all tight like that but right if right. if you're going to do it on the ceiling it needs to be a closed cell and the reason for that every roof eventually is going to have some type of leak in it the open We're cell doing a standing seam okay well even standing seams can can get leaks in them and an open cell will absorb moisture like a sponge and hold it. Right. Where the yep. closed cell doesn't do that. Yep. And th- that's going to be your, your biggest difference. Now, uh, you know, like like I said, if it, if it was me, I'd use the foam in the walls and I'd use fiberglass or something else in the attic itself in order to insulate the home because it's still breathable that way you have less worry about the sick home syndrome and uh, is this going to be a weekend house or your live-in no it's going to be a live-in and it was it was designed to be a completely sealed unit okay then if, if you, yeah if you're going to seal it up you know one make sure you get a darn good air conditioning system and keep it uh tuned up right because that's that's that'll be the kiss of death on a on a sealed up house like that you, you but bet. It's got to be designed uh, for a sealed house. Yep. Yeah, but you you can do either one is fine. Gotcha. The only downside gotcha. is, okay. is the is the fact that the 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 clo- the open cell absorbs water. That's it. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. The only other benefit I've read about closed cell is that it it adds a little bit of structural integrity, and open cell doesn't. Yeah, it it adds so small of amount. It's not even allowed to be calculated in the wind loads and stuff. So I wouldn't worry about that. Okay, very good. Well, thank you for your help. You bet. Take care. Take care. And uh, we're getting ready to take another break, so I'm not going to jump back into a call. But, look, I love spray foam insulation. Don't get me wrong. I am not a fan of totally encapsulating the house. And and I know he's saying, yeah, the system is designed to do that. You are now dependent on a mechanical system to operate right because what it has to do is it has a damper that opens and closes to draw fresh air from outside into your air conditioning system. And so if that little motor goes bad in that tube that's going up through the attic, it's not drawing air. If the air conditioning system has a hiccup, it's not drawing air. And that that's really my, my only downside to them. Does it insulate? Does it uh, have a, a great R value and, and all the stuff that they say about it? Absolutely. I just don't like being dependent on a single mechanical device that way. Lloyd, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, here's my brief question. I live in Dallas, and I've got a lot of, I've got 4,100 square feet and 15 tons of air conditioning. I've got three tons in my bedroom and bathroom. I like air conditioning. But when I leave sometimes, or we leave, we turn the thermostats up and down manually. Does that make any sense? And the summer should just leave them on the same temperature. Is the system working harder to pull it back down, or should you, you know, or you just leave it? You know, in, the, in the old days, they used to say you could go seven degrees. Nowadays, you really don't want to go over on newer air conditioning systems three degrees uh, because you'll spend okay. more money cooling the place back down than if you had just left it where it was. Okay. I've got pretty efficient, like carrier 21s or something. So, Oh, yeah. That's, that's okay. A, yep. Okay. That that was my question. So just maybe I'm just going to leave it where they are and not try and save a penny or two and probably spending money to do it. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you for answering that question. I love your show. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Guys. I appreciate that. Take care. Okay. Bye. And and yeah, for for everybody, if you're going to leave for a week or two, yeah, then you can turn it up. You know, if you want to go five or seven or degrees or whatever. But if you're just going to work and coming home again, you will literally spend more if uh, cooling it back down than if you would have just left it there. And you're going to be more comfortable. Tom, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey Jim, good afternoon. Hope you're doing well. Hey, I have um, an issue with a spiral staircase that goes up to a second floor patio deck out in the backyard. And I've noticed that the concrete pad uh, has been sinking over the last several years. Um, And it's just become a little bit noticeable of late with the dry conditions um, that we've had. Um, but I'm concerned that that is, uh, putting stress on the deck up above that it's attached to, because I do see some cracking around, uh, the brick that wraps, uh, the posts that support mm-hmm. the external, uh, edge of the, of the deck up there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious if I undo the, or loosen up this, the, uh, bolts that are holding that stairwell into the pad what's going to happen 
Couldn't tell you uh, because I don't know, you know how the stress is right now, which way it's tipping and all that kind of stuff. But the likelihood is if the bottom has been moving, you undo the top, it's going to pull away and you may never get it back into place again. Mm-hmm. So right. the so pad that's I'm- on the bottom, do you have any idea how big that is? Uh, yeah, it looks to be about, well, you're talking about the concrete pad itself? Yeah, the, the part that you think is moving in the bottom? Yeah, uh, that's probably six by five feet. Okay. And then, you know, this, and then there's just three studs that uh, hold the, the spiral staircase into that pad. Gotcha. And what I was thinking is loosening up those lower um, bolts to relieve the pressure and then maybe resetting um, studs or sliding a, a steel plate under that if it lifts up uh, when you loosen that. Yeah, and I'm I would be not quite sure. I would be, I, I personally would be looking at loosening the bottom since that's the part that's moving mm-hmm. and, and leaving the top attached. So loosen the bottom, let like then like you just said, let the staircase move the way it wants because you know at the worst thing you have to do is cut those bolts off that are down in into the concrete right now and if if things have shifted a little bit you may be able to just drill reset some new bolts and bolt it back down you may have to put a steel plate under it like you said but uh, the absolute worst thing you have to do is jackhammer that little piece of concrete out and report which is not that big a deal either okay uh, all right. Well, good. Well, that gives me a little bit of confidence to, to get down there and start trying to loosen those up a little bit and just see what happens. Because um, I think we've had issues with sort of tile cracking up on the deck as well. I just feel like there's a lot of stress building there. Yeah. Hey, can I throw can I throw one more question your way? Absolutely. Well, let me throw one uh, other thing well, at you on this though, because you know if yeah. if that is moving that way. You know, when it gets wet, it's going to tend to move again uh, because Mm -hmm. the soil expands and contracts. What you may want to look at is typically on those spiral staircases, there's a center pipe, you know, that that goes all the way down. Mm -hmm. And you may be able to put a sleeve up in it that can be greased, and that way it allows it to slide up and down without binding it up again. Mm. Okay. That's an interesting idea. Now, that would require you to take the concrete out and re-pour it, but uh, that would be a long-term solution instead of having to readjust it all the time. Hmm. Okay. All right. Hey, the other question I have is just about... um, stair treads and yeah. we're going to redo a an interior um, stairwell going up to the second floor and it had carpet on it we've ripped the carpeting off and there are two by 12 treads there now and um, so I'm debating whether or not I can uh, sort of trim the overlap on those two by 12s and just put new finished wood treads on top of those or if I really need to rip those two by twelves out and go back in there with like a three quarter plywood or something. Are, are you going to ca- carpet over them again, or you want to have a nice finished floor, right? Yeah, we're probably going to end up painting because uh, you know with some nice black and white uh, paint to make it really pop. Okay. 
I will tell you, typically paint doesn't do real good on stairs uh, because it gets rubbed on the edge a lot more and it wears through really rapidly. But you can do it. Just be prepared that you'll every couple years have to recode it. Um, okay. But it, as far as uh, finishing it off, like you were just talking about, the big thing you have to look at is the riser. You know, as as you uh, add pieces on top, your bottom one and your top step are going to be off. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of how much off are they going to be because a lot of times they're already off a little bit to begin with. And you may throw right. it too far out of tolerance uh, by just putting a tread on top. I know when I did them at my own house, I took the uh, two buys off and put the new treads down uh and then i i sanded and finished mine but um that's probably what you'll be better off doing in order to keep the 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 uh, step up in the in the right dimensions mm-hmm. so you actually removed the the two by 12s that were there and just went back in with finished board yep and uh actually if you go by like a floor and decor uh, mm-hmm. They uh, they have treads already that you can put on. Uh, sometimes Lowe's and Home Depot have them as well. But they've already got the rounded nose on them and all the stuff so that really all you'd have to do is sand them and paint them. You don't have to do any other, you know, garbage with them. Right. And then what about the risers? How did you treat the, the risers? It... On mine, they had just spacers in there because I had the same situation where it, it was a uh, carpeted staircase, and they just mm-hmm. had junk wood in there. So I pulled all that off and, and put a nice piece of one by six in there. I th- was one by six, one by eight that I tore down. I, I guess cut down. Okay. Just a reminder: it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. You know, so often people are having issues with the heat right now, and really, they're they're wondering what they can do with the air conditioning system. and And you're going to see these misters, and they're going to come out in full force this year because of how hot it is. I want you to avoid putting that on your air conditioning system, and and here's why: yes, it does help for the system to cool your house a little bit by keeping the fins on your air conditioning system wet. It, it it just does because the whole purpose of those fins out there is to cool or dissipate the heat rather i'm sorry it dissipates the heat well when you put water on it it helps to dissipate the heat faster the problem is the water has mineral deposits in it and that starts building up on the fins and over a period of time and it really doesn't take that much time you start getting those mineral deposits thick enough the fins no longer dissipate the heat like they once did and so instead of it helping it actually starts hurting on your energy bills because it's having to work harder and before you know it you end up having to replace the system because it just can't keep up so does it help to to uh to cool it off absolutely but it's detrimental in the long run if you want to do something that's going to help longer term one Keep your your air conditioning unit in the shade. Now, that doesn't mean 
cover it where the air doesn't flow because you got to keep the air flowing up above it and flowing in through the fins in order for it to work properly. But you can put uh, stuff in that will shade it as the sun moves without having to encroach on its air draft. And that's what you got to do in order to make it a little more energy efficient. Larry in the colony says he's got a 10-year-old AC unit, original ducts from 30 years house. We need to add insulation and replace whole heating cooling unit along with ducts. Better to replace than keep the old. Which should we do first, AC or add insulation? And then he is asking about Milo insulation. Okay, if you're going to replace the AC system and the ductwork, you need to do that first because that way the new insulation can come and be put around the ductwork and stuff. And if you've got a 30-year-old system, yeah, you probably do want to go ahead and replace the ductwork because it's more than likely going to be flex duct and it's probably got an R6 insulation on it, and uh, that's not the new. Now we're using R8, R9 type insulation. Uh, and what does that mean to you? It just means that you don't get that puff of warm air as bad as as before. You know, it just helps for the cool air going through the ductwork. Uh, but the other thing is the newer ductwork. Uh, you know, 30 years ago, some of it still was like the, had just plastic on the outside. The newer stuff has the foil, like the radiant barriers on it, that keeps the heat from going into the ductwork as well. But a 10-year-old system doesn't necessarily need to be replaced. You know, now, I I will say that, yes, some of them do, because if you're going to stick, you know, half the cost of a new system into the old one, replace it. Because you're going to save enough on your energy bills to justify that. Um, I mean, the fact is, the new systems are just way more energy efficient than the old system. And as a system ages, it becomes less energy efficient. So a 10-year-old system probably was a 13-seer system when it was put in. It's probably operating more like a 10-seer at this point. And it may be even less than that. So, you know, you got to take that into account. And, and then take a look at what you're thinking about putting in. Are you looking at putting in just a, a single-speed 14-seer uh, system or a variable-speed 16 or 18-seer? Which, by the way, the sweet spot right now is 16 to 18-seer variable speeds. Anyways, uh, but yes, do the... Do the uh, unit and the duct work first. Now, if it was just the AC unit, I would tell you you can do the insulation first. But since you're asking about doing duct work as well, you don't want to have to move all the, the new insulation out of the way to install the duct work. So that's the reason I'm picking that. Now, you added about uh, a question as far as adding insulation and then Milo insulation with a question mark. You know, Milo insulation is a all-natural... You know, it's made from sorghum. Looks like packing peanuts. Basically, what they do is they get the oil from the sorghum and extrude it and turn it into packing peanuts. The first question most people have is, well, don't insects and rodents want to eat it? No, it's all the nutrition stuff is taken out of it. And it's it's actually treated to where they don't want to mess with it. Uh, but the beautiful part about it is what makes insulation work 
is the air between the insulation. And that's why as insulation settles, it's got to be replaced. Well, with these packing peanuts, the air is in the packing peanut itself. And so you don't have to ever replace it. Once you do the Milo insulation, you're done. So uh, rule of, you know, my, my thing on, on your question, do the duct work in the AC system first, then go ahead and re-insulate. And yes, I would definitely look at Milo insulation. James in Wiley has another AC question. AC repair versus AC replace. 13-year-old house with a 13-year-old AC system currently having issues with the main downstairs unit. At what price point should the system be replaced versus being repaired? And I know a lot of people have to, to think about this. At what point do you replace versus repair? Well, if you're having to put, and my rule of thumb is, if I got to put 50% or even close to it, on a 13-year-old system, I'm going to look at replacing it. Uh, but the fact that this was a builder's grade system, builder's grades, especially if it's track home, typically aren't that good to begin with. And so I would probably even bring that a little bit lower. And if it wasn't able to keep me comfortable over the years, I would bring it even lower. So you know, it's just one of those things you have to decide at what, at what point do you want to be more comfortable because what you're going to find is 13 years old, it's going to be more energy efficient to replace it. So it's going to save on your electric bill. Uh, it's going to make you a lot more comfortable in the home because, you know, your old system, 13 years old is was probably a 12 sear that is now operating at more like an 8 sear, uh, probably not dehumidifying as good as it once did probably would pay to start taking a look at getting rid of that system especially if it's acting up and if you got to put a few hundred bucks into it hey that's fine but if you start talking thousands now it's time to look at getting rid of rid of it you know if it's just a capacitor you're talking a few hundred bucks you you keep the system as long as it's working well but if you got to replace the compressor or fan motors and, and you're talking uh you know a couple thousand get it gone you've just heard the best calls and questions from texas home improvement for more information about our show go to thipro.com